This is the message given by Pastor James Lim during the morning worship service at Faith Presbyterian Church, Long Beach, California, for July 30th, 2023. The title of the message is Standing Firm, Standing Firm in the Lord, Part 2. Good morning. Well, if you would turn with me, I um, had split last week's passage into two parts because I felt uh, that I needed to spend uh, more time going deeper uh, with a smaller chunk. So if you would turn with me as we continue in our morning series through Paul's epistle to the Philippians chapter 4, if you... uh, don't have a Bible or you want to, you have a different translation, you can follow along in the bulletin or on the slide behind me. Uh, As um, uh, Elder Skip uh, so aptly prayed for the reading and preaching, we'll just jump right into, into, into God's word. Uh, and just to, rem- just to give you a little bit of context again, last week we looked at what it means to stand firm thus in the Lord there in chapter um, 1. Uh, sorry, uh, in chapter f- verse 1, uh, chapter uh, 4. We looked at how to stand firm in the Lord as we stand united together. Uh, we looked at why the Apostle Paul Uh, entreated uh, Yodia and Syntyche to agree in the Lord because that's one of the ways in which we stand firm together as the people of God, side uh, side by side, shoulder to shoulder. And then he goes on to uh, point out to us to stand firm in the Lord by rejoicing in the Lord, always, whatever the circumstances, uh, that, um, that we stand firm in remembering all that that God has done for us in Christ. And then lastly, here uh, from verses 5 to 7, we are going to look at how to stand firm as we stand confidently in the Lord uh, by prayer, as we stand in the peace of the Lord by prayer. So here and then now, the reading of God's word, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. I entreat Yodia and, and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you also, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel together, with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. May he add his blessing to it this morning. 
One of the biggest reasons we find it so hard to stand firm in the Christian life is we find it so hard to, to find peace. To find peace in, in our circumstances, in our relationships, uh, in our uh, vocations, in our grades, in our, in our self-image. We find it hard to stand firm because we find it hard to stand firm in the Lord. It's so easy for us to, to take our eyes upon, off of him and to, and to split our faith uh, among different things in our lives and not place our faith solely upon the Lord. We look at the storms in our lives and we wonder how, we, how are we going to make it? We feel the ground shaking beneath us. We wonder if we're, when we're trying to impress uh, the people that we want to impress because we want to be like them and we wonder if we said the wrong thing, if we're, we're not the right kind of people. Will they accept us? We wonder if when we intrude, introduce ourselves to new people, uh, if we're going to be embraced by them, if we're going to be enough for them to, to uh, consider us uh, people that they want to be friends with. Some of us may have imposter syndrome, if not all of us in one way or another. We're afraid someone's going to find out that we're frauds. We're not as smart or qualified or skilled enough, so we're going to fake it till we make it. Or we're just anxious in general about life. We just don't know uh, what's going to happen. Bad thing after bad thing has happened in our lives, and we're just waiting for the other shoe to drop. What else is going to happen and our life is going to be turned upside down? We hear uh, about uh, what other people are going through. And we're, we're just wondering if we're going to experience that. Am I going to lose my job in a hard economy? Am I going to uh, you know, make it through this tough time? Am I or someone that I love, someone close to me, uh, am I going to get diagnosed with cancer or a debilitating uh, disease, a chronic, chronic pain? Who knows? Am I ever going to find a husband or a wife if you're single? Am I ever going to feel happy or content ever again? These are all questions that we ask ourselves in one form or another. In the midst of all these worries, all these fears and anxieties about life, the question is, how do we stand tall? How do we stand firm in the Lord? How do we keep from losing all hope and not be paralyzed by the onslaught of everything that is coming at us all at once? We do it by standing firm in the peace of the Lord that comes to us through God's presence, provision, and protection in prayer. Let me repeat that one more time. How do we keep from losing all hope and, and, and we're not paralyzed with everything that's going to happen to us? We do it by standing firm in the peace of the Lord that comes to us through God's presence, provision, and protection in prayer. So how can we have that peace in the face of our anxieties. Uh, 
It begins by standing firm in the peace of the Lord as we consider God's presence in our lives. Many times we forget to stop and think about God's presence. Right? God, that God exists. God is sovereign. He's in control. And he is in our lives. It's so easy for us to forget that. Paul is writing to a persecuted church, the Philippians, uh, under Roman rule. They are anxious about their lives. And so he tells them how to fight their anxieties, how to keep them at bay, how to not be completely controlled by their fear and worry. He tells them how to have peace, the peace of God. And so what does he do? How does he proceed to help them not to be anxious about anything? He reminds them to think. This is important. Look at what he says there. Let your reasonableness, verse 5, be known to everyone. He's saying stop, think, reason. And this is not just a generic reasonableness, you know, as if like instead of being unreasonable, you need to be reasonable in a generic way. But what Paul is saying here is let your Christian reasoning remind yourself um, with Christian reasoning what is the truth about your circumstance, right? So, So reason, And be reasonable and not to panic or lose perspective, but to stop and think. And so what do the Philippians need to think about? What do they have to be reasonable about? What do you you and I have to be reasonable about in our, our anxieties? That the Lord is at hand, right? See that little phrase there at the end of verse five. The Lord is at hand. This is the foundation for all Christian reasoning, that the Lord is near. The Lord has come close. The Lord is with you. Uh, There is a sense in which maybe uh, the Apostle Paul is talking about the Lord is coming, and, and I think it's the former, that it's Paul is saying the Lord is coming, but he's also here. He's near you. He's with you. He's in you. He's for you. See, this is that firm foundation for everything in the Christian life, that God is near. He is not absent. He is not far away. He is not aloof. He is right there with you no matter what. This is the heart of God's covenant promise that he's always made to his people. God, I am with you always. That it's even part of of who he is by, by the name that he gives himself Promised in the Old Testament, Emmanuel, fulfilled in the new in Christ, God with us. That he will be our God and we will be his people. He will never leave us nor forsake us, but he will always be with us to the very end of the age. The psalmist reflects this deep truth and and how he leverages it uh, to reason uh, within himself by faith amidst his circumstances. It's even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, he's, he's, he's reasoning with himself in the midst of his circumstances. He's seeing what's going on and saying, I should be scared, but I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 23. 
Do you see the, 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 the Christian reasoning that begins with remembering that God's presence is with you? So you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be scared. The Lord is near you, Paul is essentially saying. He's with you. So you don't have to be anxious about anything. Isn't that really why we're afraid at the end of the day? We're afraid of that we're afraid that that we're not in control, that we don't have what we need. And why do we feel that way? Because we don't remember or we forget or we don't think about that God is with us that he's the one in control, that we don't have to be in control. See, control and anxiety are are two sides of the same coin. We're not anxious because we think we're in control. And when that illusion of being in control is is taken away from us, we're anxious. Because if if I'm not in control, then I don't trust anyone else to take care of me. But if we know that God is in control and that God is with us, we don't have to be in control. Just because things are not happening the way that I want them to be doesn't mean it's bad. But God is in control and he is with you. The Lord is at hand. Do you see the Christian reasoning? Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone because the watching world is going to see where you really, what, what is, where your faith really lies. Is it in yourself who, uh, you know, you're not in control and so as soon as something seems beyond your control, you get totally freaked out? Or is your faith in God's control and that he's near you, he's with you, he loves you, and therefore, you know what? If it, things don't happen the way that I expected or I don't, you know, that I, at first glimpse doesn't feel like it's good for me, I, I can give, trust the Lord. He's in control. He's going to work all things out for, together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Everything. Paul, Paul, sums, Paul sums it all up when he says, if God is for us, who can be against us, right? And God is with you. He's for you. So nothing can be, um, nothing will end your life. If you're anxious, it's because God has, for, you, are, you have forgotten that God is with you. And, um, and this just reminds me of a story that I heard uh, from a pastor from Scotland. Uh, he grew up uh, um, helping his family uh, take care of sheep, you know, and, um, and they have sheep dogs that are pretty, that can, you know, they're well-trained, but they're meant, they're, they're trained to protect the sheep from wolves that might come and attack. And this young boy, he was always afraid of these dogs. They would bark or, you know, they were just really, really uh, scary figures. And so he would, they would bark at him, and he would be afraid. But when his father was nearby, he could stand next to or behind his father, and he could look at those dogs, and he could bark back at them. Uh, but if his father was not there, he was always afraid of those dogs. 
And I think that very much illustrates how we uh, can be afraid of anything and everything uh, because we don't know that God, we don't remember that God is with us. And so when, when we know that God is with us, we can stand with him and next to him and we can just bark back at all of our fears. We don't have to be anxious about anything. See, faith is trusting that God is with you while fear and anxiety is, is forgetting, that, uh, forgetting that, that he's with you. And this is how faith and fear are, are inverse. The greater our fear, the lesser our faith. Why? Because we're not really putting our trust in the Lord. We're putting our trust more in, in our circumstances or in our control, and it's causing us to be afraid. But the greater our faith, the lesser our fear. Why? Because God is in control. He can take care of everything. And if we can trust him, then what do we need to be afraid of? See? I like the way George Muller said it. He's, he was um, an old uh, English um, Christian who was famous for for asking the Lord for help for each day, and God answered his prayer each day. And he said this, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith, and the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. So here's one way in which you can gauge where your faith is, 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 is to see where your fears are, and where those areas in your life where you feel that fear, that anxiety, is maybe that area in your life where you're not trusting the Lord. You're not giving it to him. And so for all intents and purposes, he's not there with you. But as you remember that God is with you in every circumstance, that he takes over your whole heart, there's no need to be afraid. But if we do get anxious about something, It's also because we don't think we have what we need to get through a crisis. And this brings us to my second point. We can also stand firm in the peace of the Lord as we pray for God's provision in confidence. After telling the Philippians what not to do, he says, don't be anxious about anything. And then he tells them what they should do. And what is that? But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. If we're anxious, if we're worried, uh, we have that feeling of helplessness and inadequacy. It's because we have not asked God for help. Think about Paul's logic here. Why do you worry Why do you get anxious about something? It's because you don't think you have enough to get by or that you lack something you need to persevere. The implication here is that we get anxious because we don't ask for what we think we need. We don't pray. We don't trust that God will provide. Or at least we aren't trusting him the way that we should at that moment. And if we aren't praying for help, then, then here's the question. If we're not praying for help, who are we really trusting for help? Are you relying upon your own strength in your own power and your own ability? Are you relying on someone or something else besides God to get you through your crisis? 
And uh, one of the definitions, one of the definitions of, of, of what the Bible teaches about uh, where our, our faith lies is that which we look to for help in any given situation is what we really put our trust in. And if it isn't God, then it's an idol. And it will never deliver on the promise of true and lasting help. See, if, if there's one thing you learn in the scriptures, idols will always fail you. This is why we get anxious in the midst of looking at the things that are our circumstances and we think, oh man, that's not going to be good enough. It's not, it's not a guaranteed foolproof way to, to regain control in my life or it's not a foolproof way of, of getting through the crisis. It's iffy, 50-50. Or maybe there's a higher chance, but that, what's that little 1% chance that it's not going to happen the way that I hope? Uh, idols will always fail you. And that's why we don't pray. Because sometimes our faith is in ourselves. We don't want anyone to help us. We can take care of ourselves. And you know, you are not God. You didn't make the universe by the word of your power. You don't know the end from the beginning and everything in between. You don't number, you haven't numbered the hairs on your head and, 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 and let them fall without your coordination. You are not God. So if you're trusting yourself, uh, I'd be surprised if you don't feel anxiety. And if you don't feel anxiety, I mean, I, if you don't feel anxiety, maybe you're kidding yourself and you think you're, you can do more than you actually can. But you will f- experience anxiety if you put your trust in yourself. Nobody, nobody can do it all. And so, why is it so important? Why is it so important to fight anxiety uh, by prayer? How, how should we pray to overcome anxiety? Paul gives us three ways. First, we have to pray not only in times of crisis, but what? Look at what Paul says. But in everything. Right? It's not enough to simply pray when when you need something from God. It is, it is an important thing to grow your faith, to grow your relationship, to grow that spiritual muscle that pushes away fear, the muscle of faith exercised through prayer. In being thankful for what God gives you, in acknowledging that God gives you and that he's in control of your life, and then asking for what you need when you don't, when you don't have it. Uh, so that you know the full sovereignty of God. That God is in charge and in control of everything in your life. Not just when you need him. A constant life of prayer is itself a constant remedy for anxiety. Let me just say that one more time. A constant life of prayer is itself a constant remedy for anxiety. If you're always praying, then it's a sign that you're always relying on God. 
Prayer is the exercise of a faith that trusts in God for all things. And it's when we don't pray or we forget to pray that the worries of this world creep in and, uh, and make us anxious about everything. Second, the second way to pray to overcome anxiety is that we have to actually, we have to make our, 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 we have to make our needs known to God. We have to actually ask him for what we need. If we need strength, grace, patience, help, or whatever, we should ask trusting that God will give it to us. Right? James, the apostle James says in, in, in the book of James, you have not because you ask not. And if we make our supplications, if we make our, our requests known in the midst of our, our good times and particularly in our bad times here, that God will answer. And in the asking of it, there is the answer built into it. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 7, 9 to 11. Which one of you, if his sons asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? When you ask God, he's promised to to, to ask to answer. So when you need help, he's promised that he will help. And, uh, and I think so many times, so many times we're anxious uh, because we don't want to give it to God. We don't want the help. I can do it myself. How many times have we said that to our friends and family when we've bit off more than we can chew in fixing a car, painting the house, doing handy things? And believe me, I, I, I'm, you know, I've experienced this. Oh, I can, I can do it. I've got YouTube and I can do the DIY, you know. And then when I get into trouble, I'm like, oh, you know, now I got uh, you know, I, I to ask somebody for help. We do that in, not just with DIY projects, but we do that with our life in general. We get ourselves into some binds, into some problems. Uh, we get, we... And we think that, you know, we don't want to ask anyone for help because we think we can take care of it all. But if you give it to God, if you give it to God, he's promised that he will help. And then thirdly, the third, the third way to overcome anxiety through prayer is that as we pray, we have to be thankful and remember how gracious God has been to us in the past and how gracious he will be in the future. See, look at what Paul says there in verse, uh, uh, in verse um, uh, uh, 6, right? He says, pray with thanksgiving. God has an impeccable record of faithfulness. He's always been good to you. Praying with thanksgiving is remembering that God has been good to you, and when you ask him for help in those specific, with your specific needs, and you pray with thanksgiving, knowing God's track record, you can also be thankful and give thanksgiving for what he is going to do as he answers that prayer. And that thankfulness will overpower, drive out the fear that's in your heart. 
We never think about it that way. That thankfulness is, it drives out the fear of what you haven't received or what you you think you need because you remember what God has already given and what he will give to you in the future. Uh, Maybe the right way to think about it is, is, um, you know, it's going to be hard to just say, you know what, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to be afraid uh, when I'm in the midst of of my fears and anxieties. Uh, But you can push out the fear by, by giving thanks. So how does God ultimately give us his peace to overcome our anxieties? And that brings us to my final point here, that we can stand firm in the Lord as we receive not only God's presence and provision in prayer, but also as we receive God's peace in Jesus Christ. As we grow in faith and trust in his presence and provision, we realize that the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let me just point out a few things here. Does Paul tell us that we will receive the peace of God? That we will have something that we didn't have before? No, what he says here is that the peace of God will guard your heart. You, something, no, you can't guard something if it's not there. You can only guard something if the guard is already present to protect. And that's what Paul is saying here. You already have the peace of God in your heart. And as you pray in this way, that peace that you already have from God, in God, through God, is going to just guard you like a night watchman, like a wall that no one can penetrate. Nothing can penetrate, not even your own fears. And that's why he adds those all-important words, And the peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God is rooted in our peace with God in Christ Jesus. The greatest peace that anyone can ever have is the peace that comes from Jesus Christ. That we who are God's enemies, dead in our trespasses and sins, when God was not for us, but he was against us because we were his enemies. That is holy, just Wrath and condemnation was over our heads because of our sins, that we rejected him, we rebelled against him, that we were without God and without hope in the world. Our whole life was all about anxiety and worry. What will we eat? What will we drink? How will we live? Because we don't want God to help us. We don't need him. I think the most difficult anxiety The reason why people say that the only real fear is the fear of death is because people don't know what comes after death. It is the great cause of anxiety because it is the climax of our own inability, fears, and helplessness. But God, in his grace and in his mercy, sent his one and only begotten son to give us peace with God because he is the Prince of Peace. He came to live as we should have lived. As we we live in this anxiety-causing, ridden world. This is, Jesus experienced all the anxieties. 
He experienced all the worries and and what we experience in our worries. Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He knew that God was with him when the Holy Spirit descended upon him and he heard those words, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. That he lived a life of constant prayer, speaking to the Father, asking for what he needed, and in the end, having the peace of God. Father, not my will, but your will be done. He took our sins, bore our curse and shame. He died in our place to pay our penalty for our sin. He took the full fury of God's enmity and wrath, and he died so that we might feel the full acceptance and love of the Heavenly Father and live. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God, Romans 5.1. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Through the gospel of peace, we have peace with God through the peace of Jesus Christ. My peace, peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives you do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. This is the peace of God that comes from a peace with God that surpasses all understanding and presently guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. It's the peace of being in union with Christ that literally guards our hearts from all anxiety. This is the peace that comes in the gospel of peace to give us a life of peace from all the instabilities and troubles of this world. Here is how we stand firm in the peace of God, by standing in the peace with God through the gospel of peace. In Christ, we have all that we need in this life and also in the life to come. He is literally the peace of God who dwells in us by the Spirit guarding our hearts for heaven. As long as Christ is in us, he will guard that peace, the peace that will keep us in all the times of trial and tribulation, in plenty and in want, in sadness and in joy, in sickness and in health, in every area of our lives. He will guard us. He will carry us even through the valley of the shadow of death because he is with us. Friends, do you have this peace? Do you have this peace of God that comes through peace with God in the gospel of peace? If you have not, you will never find peace until you have the peace that comes by faith in Jesus Christ. You will always wonder, if you were ever to die, will I be received? Will I be reconciled with God? Or will I die and he will reject me because I've rebelled and rejected him? But if you have this peace, if you put your faith in Christ, you've turned from your self-sufficiency and you turn to God in Christ Jesus and put all of your faith and all of your peace in him, then no matter what may come your way, no matter how much anxiety or worry you may experience, you can stand firm in that peace.
I love the hymn that we're going to sing in a moment. What a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you for this wonderful gospel that gives us peace. Father, there are some of us this morning who are anxious about so many things. Help us to take these words to heart and lift up prayer to you, the God of peace. Lord, would you melt our anxieties away? Would you, would, can we thank you for all that you've done for us? Help us, Lord. Would you, would you guard our hearts as we stand in the peace that we have in Christ Jesus? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.